Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with recent Disney bride Kristen Jardine about her wedding at Disneyland. Now, Kristen had her ceremony in the Brisa Courtyard, which you don't see as much, and also her reception in the Wisteria Room at the Grand Californian. So I thought it would be interesting for you guys to hear about some of the other locations featured at Disneyland and how Kristen went about planning a wedding there. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm interested to start off by finding out how you guys decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disneyland. So I've been a big fan of Disney all my life, and especially during university, I got really into the parks and listening to podcasts and always wanting to go. And then finally, when Jason and I met, I was like, we have to go to Disney. We have to go to Disney. He'd never been ever in his life. And so I probably finally went to Disney World in 2011. And he just loved it. And we had such a great time together. And I always just was like, in the back of my head, I always wanted a Disney wedding. And originally I wanted it in Disney World, but we're from uh, Canada. We're from Calgary, Alberta, which is on the Western side. So it makes Disney World quite a long distance. So that's what made Disneyland perfect for us. That's where we got engaged. And yeah, that's why we had it there. That's awesome. Now, I take it most of your friends and family are from Canada. How did they react when they found out where they were going to have to travel for your wedding? <laughs> well, it's something that we've always joked about that my wedding will be in Disneyland just because how obsessed I am with Disney. So none of them were really surprised, but uh, my mom was really trying to push for me to have it here. <laughs> she just, it just wasn't working. So eventually everyone just gave in and they just knew that's where I was going to have it. So I think that's why no one was surprised and they were happy to come down, which was great for us. And we were so happy we had amazing turnout. That's great. And then did you do any kind of like at home reception when you got back? The only at-home reception I had, my grandma kind of threw like a little party because on my mom's side, there wasn't a ton of people that could come. So we just had like kind of a party at her house 
but nothing uh, nothing like a reception, but just a little at-home party. Oh, that's nice. That's cool. Yeah. Now, how many guests ended up making the trip? We actually had 44, 46 if you include Jason and I. So it was a, it was a huge turnout. Yeah, I really. honestly thought there'd be 30 or something that showed up, but a lot more came than we thought. So that was amazing. Wow, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about the locations you chose, because most of the time when somebody has a wishes event at Disneyland, they use the Sleeping Beauty Pavilion for their reception and the Rose Court Garden for their ceremony. Tell me how you chose the Brisa Courtyard and the Wisteria Room. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I originally wanted the Rose Court Garden just because it is so iconic of Disneyland weddings. And it, you know, it's just so charming. That was the first thing my husband said is, I don't want to have that kind of wedding. <laughs> I don't want to have a princess wedding. And so that's when we went to the Brisa Courtyard, which I really think in the end really suited us more. We, I don't know. It just wasn't, I'm not really a princessy kind of girl. So it was just, I don't know. It was really kind of a little bit rustic and really charming in its own way. And I absolutely loved it. We ended up having these amazing lights strung behind us where we were getting married and it was just beautiful. And as far as uh, the not choosing the Sleeping Beauty Pavilion, I, I did want to choose that, but I think the minimum, I don't know, don't quote me on it, but I think it's around 75. So it was, it was too large for us. And so that's why we kind of, you know, we're giving the Mark Twain, which didn't have a lot of character, but then we had the Wisteria Room, which is actually meant for a, a smaller group. But I kind of begged and pleaded with my planner and we were able to squeeze all 46 of us into the the Wisteria room. Oh, that's great. And it also continues that Grand Californian rustic feel from the Brisa Courtyard into your reception because it's right there in the hotel. Exactly. Whereas you'd have to have, I think you might need escorts to walk the wedding party between hotels if you have it between the two. Whereas, you know, it's an easy transition. You just go right from the Brisa Courtyard, then there's a Brisa Courtyard 2 for the uh, cocktail hour. And then the wisteria room is just around the corner. So it was really easy transition there. And another fact for my listeners who are unfamiliar with the Disneyland locations, the Brisa Courtyard is also super cool because the monorail beam goes right through it above the ceremony site. So uh, did you have any monorails going by or what was the time? <laughs> monorail of- was, yeah, it was, sh- it was shut down that day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that was one thing I was really excited about. But at the same time, I've heard that they have to stop the ceremony for when the monorail goes by uh. because you can't hear. And so it was kind of nice we didn't have any distractions or anything. And also one thing with the Brisa Courtyard is it's very public. Right. <laughs> so you'll have a lot of looky-loos. But in the end, it was kind of nice, too, because you'd had, like, this huge crowd clapping for you when you did your processional, and it was that was really cool, too. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Now, tell me about your if you had a theme or if you added Disney touches. How did you customize your reception and your ceremony? We didn't have a ton of... Like, there was no overall theme. I mean, it was Disney. We're at Disney. I didn't want it to scream Disney. But we had, like, little things like um, our our flower girl had uh, Mickey, one of those little Mickey bunches that looks like a little Mickey head she carried. It was adorable. And just little things like we had Mickey, we had gotten custom buttons made for all our guests at the reception with Mickey and Minnie on it. And we had, you know, cute little menus, just like nice little Mickey touches here and there that, um, you know, just reinforced that we were, you know, at Disney. Uh, One thing one of my my maid of honor said was that the whole wedding just felt like an amazing wedding. And then Mickey showed up and it was like, oh, yeah, we're at Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, forgot for a moment, (laughs) which was kind of cool. That's great. Yeah. 
Can you tell me a little bit about the wedding planning process? You know, a lot of the Disneyland couples are from Southern California. So for you being all the way in Canada, did you have a chance to make a planning visit? Did you do it all over the phone? How did that work? Yeah, that was definitely the most difficult part. We didn't meet anyone. It was all online, email, sometimes a phone, but mostly email. Even with the planning session, I feel like I jumped the gun a little bit and had it a bit too early. (laughs) So I didn't have my whole thought line out there yet. And uh, so it was difficult because I wasn't there in person. It was just over kind of like a Skype session where they can show you pictures. Mm-hmm. But it, it was hard to get the feel. But so it was really essential to have like the online tools like Disneyland Brides group on Facebook. Even your book helped me really? just to like get a start, even though it was in Disneyland. Wow. Yeah, I still liked it gave me a guideline of where to start. And then I even used like your I think you're like a spreadsheet. Oh, right. Yeah. For the wedding budget. So even just little things like that helped me. But yeah, it was it was difficult from doing it afar just because I didn't have that face-to-face interaction with my planner. Right. But yeah, it was difficult. Did you have any outside vendors for anything or did you pretty much just go with Disney's vendors? I went with all mostly all the recommended vendors. Um, like our DJ was through Bouquet Sound, which was not a recommended one because of course they want you to use their own. But it was one that was highly recommended within the Disneyland Brides group. And, uh, you know, he's the husband of uh, fairy tale hair and makeup. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So that, you know, then I could kind of got, and then the, all the vendors kind of knew each other, which really helped. So I use White Rabbit Photo Boutique and yeah, Bouquet Sound and um, Great Efficients, and they had all worked together, which kind of helped me in a way from being afar that they knew each other already and had this kind of rapport. They knew the Disneyland, you know, the wedding, how it all works since there's so many restrictions that they knew all those little rules and nuances. I didn't have to worry about it. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So then what were the three most important aspects of your wedding when you were planning, where you focused your time or you focused your budget? Food was really important to us. We didn't want a buffet, so we chose a duo, which we thought would be beneficial and all our guests would enjoy. So we chose a steak and shrimp meal. We got rave reviews on it, which was amazing. I loved it. And we got to replace our dessert uh, with the dessert that was automatic with that duo plate with the individual little chocolate fondue, which was amazing. And so that was nice that we got to have some kind of customization there. We got to kind of pick and choose. You know, there were the set meals, but we also got to tailor it to our taste as well, which was great. So did you do wishes or did you do escape? No, I did wishes. But there's menus so that like each menu, I don't know what they're all called, like lover's delight. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, different names they come with you know a three-course meal and they're set so for example ours was caesar salad the duo and i believe it was the chocolate dipped strawberries for dessert so we were happy with the the caesar salad and of course the duo which was our main pick and then we got to swap out the dessert for one that i thought sounded better which was the the mini chocolate fondue that's fascinating. I'm so used to Disney World where everything is completely customizable. That's interesting that they kind of force you to pick among set things and then you're lucky if you get to swap something. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. We had to get kind of approval to do that. So that food was definitely our main concern as well as having an open bar. So that's where lots of our budget went to for with having 44 people was having, you know, um, some food to start with in the pre-reception, our set menu. And then also for late night snack, we had um, Mickey Mouse pretzels. 
Oh, nice. Answered. So that was really cool way to end off the night. Um, so that was our main one. And then, of course, photography. We got White Rabbit Photo Boutique. I was so happy that we were able to book her because you hear people booking their wedding dates around her <laughs> to Jenna alone. But I was lucky our wedding was on a Wednesday. So that made all the difference in getting all the vendors you wanted because everyone was available. It was a Wednesday. Interesting. Did their prices go down because it was a Wednesday? Yeah, that's one of the reasons we chose it was, um, I believe it's Sunday through Thursday. It's a lower minimum. Interesting. Yeah. And then uh, decor and flowers, just I wanted it to have that special look and feel and warmth. And, you know, I was lucky that Kelly, who was the main, I believe she's the main flower person at Fairytale Weddings, and she was able to make that a reality, which was great. That's neat. Did you send her Pinterest boards or photos or anything? Yeah, so that was basically all I sent her was a, a few uh, Pinterest pictures that I, I enjoyed. And then really, I kind of, it was a surprise the day of what we got. because <laughs> You know, she has descriptions, but lots of it's seasonal. So I'm not 100% sure because that's hard. It's more, you know, difficult from not being there. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get to have um, a sample at, at the tasting or anything. Interesting. And then were there aspects that were less important to you where you saved your time and you saved your money? Probably in choosing an outside DJ. Like Bouquet Sound was fantastic and uh, it helped that our our wedding was during off season and on a Wednesday. Just the DJ through Disney is quite expensive. Hmm. Also like little details like programs and things like that. I didn't necessarily spend a lot of time and money on. I did a menu and that was basically it. That was one thing is that we really, the minimum was 15000 because uh, we weren't able to meet our room block. That was one thing because we're all from Canada and the dollar is not great right now, um, even back when we had the wedding. So everyone wanted to stay at the Good Neighbor hotels, which were significantly uh, cheaper than the Disneyland hotels. So we weren't able to meet our room blocks. So we had to have a higher minimum. Yeah, so for my listeners who aren't familiar with Disneyland weddings, they have this funny little policy in place where you get a lower price or lower minimums if you meet a room block rather than getting any kind of a discount. Or do they give you a discount on the rooms? There's a discount on the rooms, but it, the rooms there, because there are no value resorts like there are in Walt Disney World, they're still pretty pricey even with you know Paradise Pier. It's still over $200 a night. Got it. Those of us who got married in Florida aren't used to this idea that if you don't have a room block, suddenly you're paying more for your wedding. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, halfway through planning, it just became, we just knew that it wasn't going to be possible for everyone. We, I don't want to force anyone to stay at a more expensive resort just for us to, you know, have a cheaper wedding. Right. So in the end, uh, most people stayed at Good Neighbor Resorts. We almost had a room block with a Good Neighbor Resort, but in the end, people just booked things on their own or rented houses and made it work on their own end instead of me having to reserve that kind of stuff for them. That's good. So do you have a favorite memory of your wedding day? This isn't very Disney oriented, but at the end of the night, we had a farewell dance and my husband requested um, Benny and the Jets, which is my favorite song. And so we danced to that and like all of our remaining guests that were still there all like danced around us. I don't know if that sounds really cheesy, but it was was, like such an amazing moment. That uh, almost like brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it. It was it was like so amazing. Everyone was just like singing along, and it was you know just amazing to have like everyone that you love so much be there for you. And then like in that moment, it was just amazing. Ah, oh, that's wonderful. And it's wonderful yeah. that your memory involves everybody who was at the wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's one one reason that we loved having the destination wedding is here you'd have like a you know blown up lots. You have to invite everyone. Whereas having a destination wedding at Disney. 
everyone that you love and that you really want to be there are there. And that's what we really came away with was that we were really happy that those that we loved, not the most, but, you know, those ones that are really close, you know, closest to us were there and made it special for us. Right, right. So then did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Uh, yeah, we had a few things go wrong, which I mean, I guess is to be expected. Uh, first to start with was one of my fellow Disneyland brides, Molly Dagg, made me some really cute things for the wedding and then I passed them off to Jenna Henderson, the photographer, and then she forgot them. Oh. So that was, there was that. And then when my bouquet came, um, the picture that uh, Kelly had sent me included just plain tulips in it. And it came with parrot tulips, which are, I don't know, a bit gnarly looking in my taste. <laughs> So, grizzled tulips. Grizzled tulips, basically. <laughs> and so luckily, Jenna, the photographer, saw, I think she just saw my face drop. Like, I'm someone who wants to be accommodating. I'm like, oh, whatever. What? It's not a big deal. She saw my face drop, and she's like, no, we're getting this fixed. And so she brought the bouquet back, and I guess they went searching in the source for just plain red tulips and got it done. So that was amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And before the wedding, I was trying to fill, fulfill the minimum. And asked, you know, oh, do we have bar open bar the whole night? And she said, yeah. We had extended the our, our wedding time an hour later. And I guess our planner had forgotten that it was only until the original hour. And so when it came around to like 1030, an hour before the end of the wedding, there was last call. And it was just like a surprise to us when we thought it was open bar all night. But that was the only misstep. It wasn't a huge deal. I mean, in the end, it was just a misunderstanding and everyone was fine without any more drinks. So yeah, I'm curious about that. Because often they tell you to do that as a cost saving measure. They say, you know, close the bar half an hour before the end of the the wedding. I don't know, maybe an hour is too much. But did you were people like super bummed? Or did it feel like your wedding was already over? Or was it not really noticed? No, it wasn't really noticed. Because there was that last call. So everyone went rushing to the bar and <laughs> got their last drinks. They were very generous with the drinks there. I do say so. But and you know, my husband was like, he was more the one that was concerned. Like, no, what? what? It's why is it closing? And in the end, we were going. We were, we were about to pay the extra money to have it extended for an hour, and then in the end, everyone, you know, agreed that they they were fine, and we didn't have to extend it any further. That's good. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand, and then turned out not to be? I think with Pinterest being around now, there's lots of. Uh, I was worried about you know having really cute details, and you know signage and little things for pictures, and in the end, I had some of that stuff, and it just got forgotten to even get a taken a picture of, which in the end I, I'm okay with. So I think just stressing about those kind of little things that, you know, are cute for a picture, but in the end it, it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't matter. Right. So stressing about those things, I, maybe I shouldn't have right. <laughs> done. Yeah. But yeah. And then is there anything you know now that you wish you'd known when you were planning? Yeah, like I said earlier, I wish that I had a more developed view of what I wanted the wedding to be before the planning session. I think I had the planning session too early. I think I had it about eight months out. And maybe I should have had it maybe at six once I had, you know, some more things picked out. At first, I thought I was going to do fake flowers. And so that's why I never had a conversation with Kelly during our planning session. Instead, it, you know, then I changed my mind. So I find my, I wish I had more of a developed view of what I wanted before I went into it. Interesting. Okay. Do you have any tips or advice for future Disneyland brides and grooms? Definitely use all the resources out there. Um, if you are a Disneyland bride and groom, join the Disneyland brides 
Facebook group. It's amazing. There's so many examples of budgets and pictures and you just throw out an idea and there's so many people there to answer. So that was a great resource for us. And, you know, just be open to ideas from your planner as well. Cause you know, I had all this food in mind and in the end my planner helped me kind of cut lots of it because it wasn't needed. She had experience in knowing that it wouldn't get eaten in the end. So that was also helpful. That's great. Yeah. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? I'm not huge into Facebook or anything, so I only have pictures in the Disneyland Brides group. I just uploaded them yesterday. Otherwise, they're not really, I don't think that they're on the White Rabbit blog or anything. So that's the only spot. (laughs) Okay, well, maybe you can send me some and I'll put them in the post for this show. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, Kristen, this is really helpful information, especially for anyone who's considering a wishes event at Disneyland. So I appreciate your taking the time to share the story of your day. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.